Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and welcome back to all of you to Jules from NZ. Ketipehe koto. How are you all? I am well, I'm surviving. Um it's been a bit rough for me lately, honestly. I have found myself in hospital and very very ill. Uh surprisingly in the world surrounded by covid, not covid related. And I have two count them two PCR tests. To prove that, because they just didn't believe me, so they did another one. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm I'm on the other side of all of that. I hope, um, because honestly, they don't really know what's wrong with me. Um, we're just doing our best to try not to have that happen to me again. Uh, at the moment, I'm on some drugs, and um, I have cut out a whole lot of different foods and drinks and stuff from my diet, notably coffee and alcohol are gone temporarily, um, which makes Jules a little sad, but they never cut chocolate out completely, so I'll survive. Um, But uh, yeah, I am on the other side of that, and very happy to be so. Uh, Being in the hospital, how I was, was not fun. Um, I may explain a bit more of what was going on with me, but um, I don't want to do that this episode because I uh, have been recording bits and pieces for this one for a week or so uh, while I've been in recovery and putting myself back together. And I really am excited to share a whole lot of My Little Pony with you all. Um, What we're going to be doing today is we're going to be talking about, um, we're going to actually sharing a piece of a My Little Pony game and I I desperately want everyone out there listening to come play My Little Pony with me and I'm going to make that happen via uh, this podcast medium uh, which we, we find ourselves doing. Um, so everybody all over the world, wherever you are, you can play My Little Pony with me. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um and I'm also going to talk to you about some tips that I recently read about how to be a good GM, uh, a good game master. Um, I read them in a rule system, and I really like them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna share them with you. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's mostly what I'm gonna do today. Um, tell you a little bit about my gaming kind of history and bits and pieces. I know Joey is dying for the next Haven Diary, but I just haven't written it yet. Um, that might be next episode. Um, or maybe by the time I release this, I will have written it. Who knows? Who knows what future me is up to? How exciting to think that the future is unwritten and still unfurling before us. And this podcast could be something completely different from what I expect. But um, I guess you'll see as you go through it. <laughs> um, I did actually get to play my first professional hired DM or PM, I guess, Pony Master or Game Master. I'm pretty sure the rules 
uh, actually refer to you as a, a game master. But I like Pony Master better because um, I think that's fun. And also calling myself a PM sounds fun, like Prime Minister. Sounds like I'm someone important, right? Um, but yeah, no. So I actually did get hired to run uh, My Little Pony for a very excited uh, eight-year-old going on nine and her mum. Uh, her mum actually hired me because um, she went into BD&D, she bought the game, um, she was talking to them about how she had no idea how she was going <laughs> to run it, um, and they signed up for a beginner game of um, Dungeons & Dragons, like, you know, teaching you how to play down at BD&D, not with me, but with um, one of the other uh, DMs down there um, who runs games and stuff. And um, happened to be talking to Nikki, who who runs or who owns BD&D, the, the local friendly gaming store. And Nikki mentioned that uh, I was a professional game master for hire, um, who they knew ran a good game because they hired me on a fortnightly basis to run Dungeons & Dragons games. And she also knew that both I had the rules set and loved the game and also usually cosplayed as a um, as various uh, fantasy creatures and she was pretty sure she'd seen a picture of me dressed up as a unicorn and the mum gasped and said, give me your number. Uh, so that was how I got a phone call for running a birthday party game of My Little Pony for um, a mum uh, her two friends, so three three ladies, uh, three adult ladies, and three kids. And uh, I tell you, running this this game, I'm not actually sure who had more fun. <laughs> the 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 ladies had their glasses of wine and they were um, cackling away as their ponies were running around doing things. And the kids, God, um, sh- they had so much pony lore like I was struggling to keep up I've been I've been I've been brushing up on my pony lore trying to make sure that I'm all over the world of Equestria and um, it's various uh, NPCs and characters and and the main six um, you know and, and and making sure that I I have some kind of knowledge of what I'm talking about so that when um, the kids throw lore at me I'm able to engage in those conversations you know um, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I had kids galloping around the lounge. I had them crawling on the floor, showing me how ponies used stealth to get around um, a dragon's lair. Um, I had them acting out how they, um, like asked for a particular pe- people to help them in certain ways whereas um you know the book doesn't actually like the game doesn't actually um do that because the the game runs a little differently than most rpg this particular starter box that she wanted me to run because they owned it so she wanted to know how it worked um runs a little different from the usual like you know, like you have a rule set, you make a game, here's how this works. Um, I'll explain that later. Um, but yeah, so, so I had them acting out all sorts of things. I found myself in a, a, a yelling contest with a nine year old. (laughs) 
as uh, one of the NPCs was not happy with her because she failed her charm tests and things. Um, and they were having a, a big old argument and the mum was in hysterics. She was just about crying as watching her daughter just be so engaged in what was happening in the game and stuff. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really cool, really heartwarming. Uh, I'm, I'm so excited to have added that to my inventory of various things that I've done in my life. Uh, I'd love to do that again. I think riding My Little Pony at birthday parties is a dream. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hire me to run your kids' birthday parties. It was super fun. Uh, I got several hugs at the end of it and told um, a million times how great I'd made the birthday. So, yay! Uh, that that's that's good too. It was it was a real feel good um, evening. We played for, I think, two and a half hours. Uh, was how much I ran the game, and I I think that was well enough for the kids frankly um i you know kids trying to get them to sit in their seats and engage in a long game is is hard which is why i had them galloping around the room and crawling around the room and um you know sort of getting up and and acting out things because it was a way of uh keeping them you know keep dealing with the ants and the pants and the the boredom that can arise when you're doing lots of reading and deciding things and and teamwork and group engagement and stuff but yeah yeah I learned a lot running the the, this particular box set and uh, I don't think I would run it the same next time exactly I've I've got a lot of ideas of how I would alter that myself still keeping true to all of the system rules because I think the system rules are great um love them a lot uh lots of um awesome abilities for them to be able to to beat the tests and the challenges um, and the scuffles using what they have and the friendship tokens and and I really like that there's no dying and there's um, a real emphasis on on working as a team to beat these various challenges that you come across and, and working together because friendship is magic is often um, makes things a lot easier um in the game so you know I love all of that part so um not changing any of that just changing this particular way that this story runs because I think I think for younger kids it would be a little bit draining uh on them and a little bit straining to get them to stay still and and focus and listen so um it looks like I might be trying to write my own pony adventure so yeah look out for that in the future anyway uh let's move on to the next segment um this present day julia doesn't know what it is because that's future julia putting everything together so i guess we'll both be surprised when we hear what's up next Thanks for um, coming along and listening to me on my journey again. Apologies for the delay. Uh, Like I said, very, 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 very sick Um, and super glad to be back on the mic. So as I mentioned previously, this is a My Little Pony heavy episode. Um, But before we go into some My Little Pony, um, what I want to do is run through some good tips on how to run an adventure. 
you know, like how to run a one shot, how to run a game for your group, how to make sure that people want to keep coming back. Um, these aren't even my tips. I'm literally reading straight from a system manual. Um, I'll hesitate to tell you which one at the moment. Um, I, I You may figure it out partway through. <laughs> um, but I think the tips from the module um, are valid for every game system like that I've ever played and so uh, this is for um, the DMs that want to be better and um, the DMs who are always learning and the DMs who can take some feedback and the DMs who are starting and um, and even myself like you know I, I always want to be better at what I do and so reading this I was like yeah you know what like I do some of that instinctively but not all of the time so there's definitely always room for improvement so here we go it's from a section of the book called step four run the adventure so you know how to play and you know how the story goes and you have your friends around you because step one is read the book. Step two is read the adventure module. And step three is gather your players and make some characters. So step four, run the adventure. Now that you have to share that story with them, running the adventure can be a hugely fulfilling experience, but it can also be a bit daunting for your first time. We've compiled a short list of tips to keep in mind when you're running your adventure. Rule zero, role-playing games are entertainment. Your goal as a group is to make your games as entertaining as possible. This rule applies to all of the players, including you, running it. If you aren't having fun, figure out why that is and change it. Sometimes that will mean changing or ignoring the rules in the book. And to that we say, go for it. It may sound strange in a book that is 90% taken up with rules for this situation and that situation, but we mean it. If a rule isn't helping you, have fun. Then you should do away with it. Change it. Or make up a new rule. We won't mind. Every group is different and every group deserves to have fun. Two, the players haven't read the adventure and you are their only way of seeing the world. This one seems obvious at first, but it can be difficult to see exactly why it's important. In a role-playing game, you will tell the players what their ponies see and where things are and how NPCs react. In fact, you are the only way that they will know these things. It is important that you tell them as much about the situation as is necessary and answer their reasonable questions as fully as possible. It may seem at times like players act irrationally or even sometimes a little foolishly. When a player does this, try to think why. What may to you seem like an obvious clue may have been misinterpreted or a player may not have realized what a word means. These are your opportunities to ask them why are they acting like that and either give them information about what they were misunderstanding or perhaps find out that they were doing something you hadn't even thought of. Point three, NPCs are flavor. NPCs are hugely important part of the world of Equestria with ponies of all different types and different personalities interacting. When acting out an NPC's part, it is important to be able to distinguish which NPCs you are. Some GMs use accents and change their voices. Others state the NPC's name before saying their lines. Try to use NPCs to interact with the PCs as much as possible. Point number four, be a fan of the players. 
It can sometimes be easy to fall into the trap of thinking that role-playing games have two teams, the players and the GM. When you are playing all the challenges and the monsters that the players are facing, well, you can begin to think that the players are the enemy. It is very important that you don't do this. Role-playing is not a competition, and the only winners are those having fun. So what does be a fan of the players actually mean? It means putting them in situations where they will shine. Try not to defeat them and get them excited about their achievements. When the party manages to finally retrieve the third magical orb, you should be excited for the players, not grumbling about how they've managed to get past your challenges. Point number five, run with your mistakes. Mistakes happen, whether it's small like forgetting the exploding hoof technique or large like forgetting Pegasi can fly. It's important to roll with the mistakes and try to make sure that they don't interfere with the game too much. Only in the most game-breaking scenarios should you roll back what happened. Always try and move the plot forward and action onwards, perhaps coming up with a reason why that happened. For example, Pegasus in question has hurt her wing and so can't fly. If a mistake made a player less effective than they should be, maybe you could treat it as a quirk and give them a friendship token to acknowledge that. Point number six, player versus pony. A player should not make his or her pony character act based on what they know rather than what their pony knows. For example, a player who knows that the title of an adventure is Curse of the Vampony should not, as soon as the game begins, decide to research vampire ponies and buy a lot of garlic. This kind of decision making should be discouraged since the player is not thinking about how their character would act in this situation, but about how they can win. There are two ways to discourage this kind of behaviour. One is to try and ensure the players don't know more about the adventure than their ponies do. The other is to explain to your players that their pony doesn't know everything that the player does and that it is more fun if everyone acts as close as possible to how their ponies would act. And last but not least, have fun. I know we touched on this a little earlier in the section, but we literally cannot stress this point enough. The game is designed to stimulate and challenge you and your players, but above all, it is designed for you to have fun. Do silly voices, laugh at jokes, and come up with amazing ways to entertain yourself. Every group is different, but every group can have fun. So there you have it, folks. Right from the Tales of Equestria Source Rules book. That is how to be a good GM for your players. I like it. I'm a fan. The Diary of Haven and Ahira Lewis 18. Aridus Woken today by strange noises and unfamiliar smells. I knew I'd be going to new places when I set out to become a crusader, but never did I expect to be underground meeting descendants of the first defenders. Master Conrad never referred to them as still being down here and defending those above, only that they had been tainted or something with demonic essence of those they had fought and had gone. Well, they seem nice for tainted folk. Not the prettiest looking. Chief Soul, for example, has a strangely white eye and rat-like features. It gives them a slightly grotesque appearance, but the giving nature and entertaining stories gives me confidence in what I knew deep inside. He is not evil. 
He gives us a great weapon to defeat evil with. No, not evil. No one here is. Not even the still somewhat surly Horgus. I'm taking extra care of him. I wonder what awful things he has had to suffer to make him so untrusting of us. We're good people after all. I hope we're proving that to him. I'm even more sure today that I am in good company. Yesterday we had a moment where I worried. A man we fought and captured was considered to be an obstacle and the concept of murder was bandied about. I pleaded a case for justice instead, but Nix was set to kill. I prayed, and I'm sure it was the Dawnbringer's light and wisdom that blossomed in the minds of my companions that mean that the dwarf is still alive today and imprisoned until we can deliver him topside to those who can deal justly. Yes, we all struggle along the way to know what is right, but I'm sure these are good folks. Nix even made a new friend last night at the feast amongst the first offenders, a strapping fellow with a tentacly writhing arm, and she left to see their house. She was there all night, so I bet they're basically best friends now. It's a shame, because I'd like to be friendlier with her. I thought her dancing was wonderful, and had dearly wanted to try it with her. I did my best impression at the feast last night for Chief Soul, and enjoyed myself, but she's much more graceful when she moves than I could ever be. We leave soon this morning to see the Bat Clan that the chief spoke of. He calls them evil and enemy. He says their intentions are murder and worse, and that they are in league with the cultists that we have already fought. The chief is not evil, so his accusations must be given weight. But I'm not comfortable on being sent on a kill mission for a whole clan that we've never met. It doesn't seem right. Some of the others sound like they have done violence upon request, and this sits heavy on my shoulders. Master Conrad taught me that, despite the well of anger within me for all the things that were done to me for reasons unknown, my violent, vengeful outburst must be directed at those for which there is no hope to save. Those who can be saved and brought back to Serenray's light should be given the chance to redeem themselves. But I guess there's no point overthinking it now. I'll wait until we meet this clan, this bat clan, and then I can make a decision on whether their intentions are to hurt others. If so, they must be stopped, at any cost. Serene Ray would understand. I'm not afraid to fight for what is right, only of forgetting what that is, or losing my own fight against the rage I feel sometimes that causes me to shake with fury. I'll focus on something else, like protecting my friends. I see Horgus is coming. Oh, he's got new accessories. Is that a new sword? Well, well, maybe I am getting through to him after all. My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, Friendship is magic. Hello and welcome to playing My Little Pony via podcast medium. It's going to be interesting. We'll see how this goes. Um, what I'm going to do essentially is I'm going to run three ponies through a starter adventure. Uh, it's called A Dragon's Bounty. And I'm going to get 
you, the audience, um, to essentially make the decisions. Now, uh, a Dragon's Bounty starter adventure runs almost like a pick-a-path book, you know, like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Um, Well, it does. It doesn't almost run like it. It does run like it. So essentially there are um, decisions at the bottom of each segment where choices need to be made um, and I'm going to read out a segment each time and um, I'll read you out the options of what your choices are and um, you can basically either call in or um, message me via Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or my Discord um, somehow and you can get hold of me and you can tell me what you think the ponies should do. Now, all three ponies will do the same thing because they'll all stay together, um, but in uh, certain situations, all three ponies could um, interact with those things. So um, we will go through that as we kind of get there. So um, let's start by telling you about the three ponies that we have. These are actually um, the pre-mates from the starter kit, which is pretty cool. You've got um, Strong Oak, who is an earth pony, Thrilly Philly, who is a Pegasus, and Firebrand, who is a unicorn. I will post pictures of them. Absolutely, I promise. Um, now, these three um, these three ponies are what we call level one, zero ponies. They have not received their cutie marks yet. If you're at all familiar with My Little Pony, you'll know that not only are they a particular type of pony, being unicorn or pegasus or earth pony, but they, are, um, they usually have a wee mark on their bum that, or their flank um, that sort of defines what their personalities are a little like and their personalities actually come into play during the game um much like um what was the game I played GURPS GURPS MURPS GURPS yes (laughs) oh my god Barry will kill me um that I ran uh where I ran in with Barry uh, GMing, which was really cool. They have a whole lot of um, personality kind of uh, negative stuff. Like mine was a drunk, and if there was an alcohol around, that was that was a detriment to me. But obviously My Little Pony is a whole lot more wholesome than that, um, and they uh, their, their quirks are somewhat more like you have asthma or... <laughs> um, or you just really like lollies, so you're constantly eating them, or you know things like that. Um, it's it's quite wholesome and cute. Um, so uh, once they discover their personality, kind of uh, whether it be one of their talents, one of the things that they're good at, or their quirk, or a combination of kind of the two, that could be their personality. Um, then they sort of get their cutie mark appear. It's like they're now level one and they're now ready to go out into the world and live their personality to the best they can. Um, and these happen through, you know, challenges and, and how how they face the challenges is kind of how, how the characters are, are just, you know, like defined. Yes, defined is the word I want. So 
what's the deal with the ponies? I've have talked about this on a previous episode a little bit, I think. Um, but essentially a unicorn is a magic user and indeed their talent is telekinesis. So they can move things with their mind, which is pretty cool. Um, meaning that their mind stat is usually their strongest. Then you've got Pegasus, which obviously their talent is to fly because they have wings, you know, that's their big thing. So they have kind of a a standard stats across the board, a little bit stronger in body um, than their mind. Their mind is only a D4 to roll, whereas their body is a D6. And at this level, you don't really get higher than a D6, like D6 is pretty good, apart from with an earth pony. So an earth pony is just, you know, your standard old horse that you would pat beside the road, but they are strong, which is why his name is Strong Oak, and his talent is being stout-hearted, you know. He's uh, he's good at doing things that require sort of bravery or staunchness or, you know, throwing yourself in front of your friends, like that kind of stuff. And his body stat is actually a D8 with a mind of D4 and a charm of D6. So pretty decent for a, um, a level zero pony because, of course, the dice that you're rolling there are how you defeat the various um, challenges that you come across. So, yeah, we'll explain more kind of as we play. Um, but for now, for today, what I would like to do is is start our adventure in Equestria. So let me tell you about who you are a little bit more and why you're here in Van Hoover. The adventure begins. The sky is clear today. The biggest eye on the weather team have scheduled bright sunshine without cloud cover for the rest of the week. On the ground lies a thin blanket of early winter snow left over from yesterday. As you walk along the pavement, it crunches beneath your hooves. A wind blows through Van Hoover, carrying crisp cold air from across North Lunar Ocean. It rushes down the street, ruffling your mane and tail with a brief chill. Across the road, an older Pegasus stallion flitters quickly after a newspaper caught in the breeze, holding his hat to his head with one hoof. To the untrained eye, the scene would look like an ordinary peaceful winter morning, but upon closer inspection, there is a tension in the air. Every pony seems worried about something. No pony spends long outdoors, instead dashing from building to building. There's usually a lot more activity along the waterfront. That's why you're here. Well, if you were being honest with yourself, you're here because you're looking for your cutie mark, a special type of symbol that appears on a pony's flank when he or she finds their true calling. Most ponies your age have found their cutie marks, so you're getting a little desperate. But maybe a grand adventure could lead you to finding yours. For the last three days, Van Hoover has been terrorised by a monster. The kind of monster that every filly and cult in Equestria knows about from their stories. A dragon. This one's not just any dragon, though. It's a positively ancient red dragon, and bigger by far than most other dragons. Unfortunately for the citizens of Van Hoover, red dragons are known most for their short tempers and terrible raging tantrums that can last for days, weeks, months, sometimes even years. You may be young, especially compared to an ancient dragon, but there is a fire in your heart 
The spirit of adventure burns within you. You want to help the ponies of Van Hoover in any way you can. An adventurous spirit is one thing, but you wonder if some preparation might be in order before you go marching off to face the dragon. For adventuring gear, you could try a street market. Or for some last-minute research, you're sure there's a library nearby. So, our fillies and cults of Equestria, what will be your choice? If you try and find a market to buy gear, we go to section 21. If you look for a library to read up on the dragons, we turn to section 10. And if we decide to start the dragon hunt just right away without doing any of those things, we turn to section 61. These ponies' fates are in your hands. I hope they stay alive. I'm very excited about your calls. Hope to hear from you soon. And that's it for Jules from NZ for today. So I just want to say a big personal thank you to all of my gems. James, Jason, Barry, Larry, Ezekiel, KP and Joey. Um, You make my life really nice when even things aren't. Um, So thank you for always engaging in the things that I do and being so supportive. You basically rock. Uh, if you're enjoying listening to Jules from NZ, please give the show a review on the platform of your choice. It all helps. Um, you can find me kind of everywhere as Jules from NZ, but J-U-L-Z from NZ. Uh, that's YouTube and Instagram and Facebook. On Twitter, because somebody else has that handle, I am J-U-L-Z-B-U-R-G-I-S-S-E-R, my last name, Jules Bergeser. Um, you can find me on there too. The reason I'm repeating that again is because I really want to hear from you and play My Little Pony with you. So I'm hoping um, to hear from you all really soon as to what you want our ponies to do. Uh, yeah. And so with that, I'm going to get out of here. So inohora kakite ano aroha nui. You have no idea how much uh, I, I love you all for listening to me and supporting me um you're all incredible so have a great rest of the day rest of the week rest of the month i want that for you and see you again soon eh bye